Good morning. Morning, everybody. And thanks, Vic and Chris, for starting us off so beautifully. As Vic said, my name is Nick, Nick Kimmins, and together with my husband, Chris, we are the senior pastors here at Ashford Vineyard. And we are loving the fact that we get to do life with so many people at the moment that we wouldn't usually get to at this stage on a Sunday morning. So you are so welcome. Uh, if you've not tuned in before, then sit back and relax and know that you are part of the family and you are very welcome here. Now, I want to start by giving you a little insight into why I've chosen to speak from a particular part of the Bible this morning. And that's because I think that this little story points to who God is as a father rather than just being a story. Now, I'm someone who loves my sleep. I am a big fan of sleep. And last weekend, for three mornings in a row, I woke up and looked at the clock and it was 4.52 a.m. Now, I was only awake long enough to notice and then go back to sleep. First night, didn't think anything of it. Second night, didn't really thought, well, that's a little bit weird. Third morning at 4.52, exactly, I thought something weird's going on. And like every spiritual mature person out there, I googled to find out what might be happening. And so I thought God might be wanting to speak to me. And so I googled Bible 4.52. And then I saw this story that I'm going to speak from today, which I think holds so much gold for the season that we are in at the moment. And I love the fact that God is kind enough to work with us and partner with us in fun ways so that we can hear what he is saying. So before I read the passage, if you've got a Bible at home, it's John 4, 52 that you're heading for. And John is one of the books in the Bible that documents Jesus's time on earth and some of the things that he got up to while he was here. In this particular story, we're going to hear about a father who is absolutely desperate because his son is on the brink of death. And as I say, I'm going to read it in just a moment. But before I do, I want to pull a couple of things out of this story for you this morning. Number one is that Jesus never performed miracles as an end in themselves. Jesus' miracles weren't party tricks as a way of proving how powerful he was. They were signs. They were signposts that pointed to who he was rather than just what he was capable of. They were God's response to desperately wanting to connect with his children and really pointing towards eternal hope and connection through salvation or being eternally connected with God as father. The second thing is that taking Jesus at his word, even when we can't see evidence of a miracle, is a very powerful thing. In our culture, it is human nature to say, I'll believe it when I see it. But today I'm going to talk about the power of believing before we see something. So join me now. We're going to read from John chapter 4. It's going to come up in the comments from verse 43. It says, After the two days he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem and the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. 
When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Now there's loads and loads that I could pull out of this, but we don't have a lot of time. But I will start by saying this. It does seem at the beginning of this passage to contradict itself. In one breath, Jesus is saying that he is without honour. And then in the next breath, it says that the Galileans welcomed him. And I think what was going on here is that they were welcoming him, but they were welcoming him because of what he could do and was doing, rather than who he was. They were kind of getting their fix on, oh, have you seen this Jesus guy? Watch what he can do. Rather than actually honouring him for who he was and who he represented. And this is the point. Signs are always supposed to point to something rather than being something to marvel at in and of themselves. Now, an example, albeit a slightly superficial one, in our life is found in the fact that, as many of you know, the Kimmons family are massive fans of McDonald's. We are in slight grief at the moment that we can't access McDonald's, but we're big fans. But do you know what? When, in fact, it's a bit of a joke. When we see the golden arches, Chris and I will often say to each other, ah, the sign that says you're welcome. But I don't marvel at the sign. I don't stand looking at the colour scheme of the red and yellow and thinking, I wonder why they came up with that and isn't it beautiful? The thing that that sign points to, for me, is a quarter pounder with cheese, which is unrivaled in the burger world. But also, it points to time with family, sat together, eating affordable food as a bit of a treat together. Now, another sign that you may agree with more with me is one that I see almost daily when we have our daily exercise. When we're out and about, we have got beautiful countryside near our house, and frequently on the route, we see signposts that point to public footpaths. The signs themselves are all often dirty or covered in ivy, and they're not particularly pretty or creatively designed, but they point to something else. They point to incredible natural beauty. They point to the extravagance of God's creativity in nature. They point to fresh air at the moment, which is a beautiful thing. In this story, we see the power of a sign pointing to something much more than the sign itself. And believe me, the sign is incredible. A child on the brink of death that is suddenly fully healed. But as a result, the boy and his whole family believe in the one who performed it. They follow the sign to the one that it points to. 
The Amplified Translation of the Bible says verse 53 like this. He and his entire household believed and confidently trusted in him as saviour. Now for us at the moment, as I've spent time preparing this, I feel like God is inviting us to start looking beyond the signs we're seeing and asking a question of God, what are you trying to reveal to me about who you are through what I am seeing? And in this season, Vix just shared some of them. We are seeing many, many stories. We are seeing stories of people getting better when we pray. We're seeing stories of exactly the right amount of food showing up at the food bank when we need it. Coincidences of people texting or calling someone at the very moment they need to speak to somebody. Or stories of money showing up in people's bank accounts unexpectedly at the very moment they are fearing that they won't have enough. And it is right that we celebrate these stories, but there's a much bigger picture at stake. All of these signs point to one who is desperate to connect with us and reveal his nature to us, that we might confidently and fully believe and trust in him. If we only give our attention to the signs, we miss the person behind them provider, healer, comforter, rescuer. If we just fixate on the signs, we miss the very nature of a God desperate to connect with us and show us who he is. So as you start to see coincidences happen in this coming week, why don't you take some time to ask God, what are you trying to show me about who you are? And in this story, what does this particular sign tell us about God? That he is someone we can take at his word. One of the things I find most fascinating about this story is the context of the miracle compared to the context of what we are going through in the world right now. And no surprises, it's found in chapter 4, verse 52. 452. Here's a man so desperate for healing for his son that he travels 20 miles, probably on foot, with a glimmer of hope that this man may be able to bring transformation to his situation. What do we know about him? We know that he was a royal official, so that would have meant he would have had money, he would have had influence, he would have been deemed to someone that was wise. This man would have done a lot of problem solving in his job all the time and yet suddenly he was in a situation where his wisdom and his money and his influence couldn't solve the problem. And so he steps into the possibility that something supernatural might be the answer. And what's interesting about the context is that Jesus was very socially distant from this boy we're doing two meters. This is 20 miles from the boy. He couldn't get in the same room as him. He couldn't lay hands on him. He couldn't walk into the room and bring peace and hope and reassurance to the people around that boy's bed. And instead, he says four words, your son will live. And how do we know that this desperate father is any different from the crowd of miracle hunters? Well, we know because of his reaction. He took Jesus at his word and he left. 
He didn't beg him to come with him just in case it didn't work. He didn't ask him to prove that it had worked before he left. He took him at his word without seeing any evidence of that miracle and he left. He believed anyway, even though he saw nothing. And the outcome, the very moment that Jesus said those words, the boy is healed completely and totally without ever having met him. Now, I've heard a number of stories in the last two weeks about people needing a breakthrough, asking people to pray, and then describing a shift in that situation that coincided with those prayers. And I'm going to just read you a quick one. I received this from one of our wider leaders had got this message from their friend. It said, I just wanted to let you know that I've been doing daily check-ins with your lovely church and taking part in some of their online services. Also, at the end of March, I emailed them at Say a Little Prayer and asked them to pray for me and my son. Since then, I just can't believe the difference in him. He has had some really challenging times in recent years and was actually feeling suicidal, unable to see a positive way forwards. I don't want to speak too soon, but for now at least, he really seems to have turned a corner. I am so thankful for the help and prayer, and I absolutely believe that this is what has made the difference. So what does it mean for us? Our prayers are powerful and effective. And the biggest lie that the enemy would want to speak over you is that it's pointless to pray because it will make no difference. That is the voice I have on my shoulder every time I pray for a miracle is, really, Nick, you really think this is going to make a difference? Really? It's pointless. It's just going to, what will happen will happen. That is not true. Your prayers are powerful and effective. And when we take Jesus at his word, even before we see any evidence of a miracle or change, powerful breakthroughs can happen. And that is how I would like us to finish today. So wherever you are sat or stood or lay, if you're in bed, I want you to join me, if you feel able to, in starting to speak out and declare miracles into situations that need them. So just where you are, close your eyes, and I want you to think of one situation or person that needs a miracle. Now, if you're closing your eyes, quickly open them again and take a glance at the time. Note this time. Note this moment. Think of one situational person that needs a miracle. Now I want you to speak out what you want to see happen and thank God for partnering with you. Do that right now. And finally, ask him to show you more of who he is in that situation. That when that situation starts to turn, and I believe it will, that you would learn more of who God is and who he's trying to show you he is through that. Provider, healer, comforter, rescuer. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you are the God that hears our prayers, not as some distant being in the sky, but as a loving Father and a Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us and partners with us to see those breakthroughs come to pass. I thank you that you have heard every single word spoken out in homes across Ashford and beyond this morning. 
and your heart is to partner with us to see those miracles take place. Thank you, Father. And just finally, we always like to give people an opportunity on a Sunday morning. If you are tuning in this morning or watching this, catching up at a later stage, and you think, I feel like there have been a lot of coincidences in my life in the last couple of weeks, and maybe God is trying to get my attention and, and start having a relationship with me. If that's you and you would like to engage in a relationship with Jesus this morning for the first time, or a reconnection with him after some time away, then we would love to hear from you. We would love to be able to call you, to pray for you, to be able to point you in the direction of some resources that can get you started. And we would love to support you in that decision. So that is it from me. Uh, at Asher Vineyard, we often say that's the best ending you're going to get. We hope you have an incredible rest of your Sunday. Um, do get in touch if you would like us to pray for anything at all. There's lots of ways you can do that. Join us for things going on during the week. But have a wonderful week where you see the fruit of those prayers you've just prayed start to come to pass. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.